Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. He is a, uh, as they say, when he used to play ball, a worthy adversary. I want America to be energy independent. I want America to be strong. I don't care about charming Europe and think you're one of them. Israel is uh, is our ally, so to equate them with a terrorist organization, absolutely uncalled for. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right. Welcome in. It is News and Views. Clark, Benny, and Tom. And uh, we're waiting for an update from the Big Rock. Uh, looks like the first 500-pound-plus fish has uh, been landed, brought in, and just wait. Would it come in at 525? 521, I believe. Okay. What All, right. All right. We're, and uh, the champagne and spirits is flowing on the Big Rock dock as I'm watching it Liquid on Liquid courage they yeah. were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, it, now it's interesting this, this boat came in because Hurricane, or I guess it's Tropical Storm Bill, is some 200 miles off the U.S. coast. Uh, this is actually making national news. WITN is reporting on it uh, for local weather, but uh, it's making national news as well. And it was interesting. When I was coming in, I looked down to our south and way, way in the distant horizon from Greenville, but certainly within our listening area, I saw this huge thunderhead. Um, there is a severe thunderstorm watch in effect now through 7 o'clock tonight, Washington, Beaufort, Craven, Lenore, Duplin, and counties east and south of that, uh, there is a severe thunderstorm uh, watch, which uh, is, is not as strong as a warning, but uh, beware. Uh, they're talking about hailstones up to an inch in diameter. Uh, the tornado risk, fortunately, is low, but wind gusts up to 60 miles an hour. So uh, beware. It, uh, it could get nasty out there tonight. Uh, up uh, where we are, our studios are in Greenville, not as likely to uh, see severe weather here north. But uh, here south, uh, the southern part of our listening area, uh, beware. So it is um, not a... F- well, I guess it is official. 521? Is there anything else we got? Yeah, fi- uh, 521.6. The boat is the natural. And uh, they are $800,000 plus dollars richer. Yeah, I think so, because that yeah. would be the first, be the first 500. Fi- mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, lots to talk about again today. Uh, interesting uh, move by the Republicans up in the State House and State Senate. Republican lawmakers today unveiled an energy package which apparently has been in secret negotiations with Duke Energy for months now. Basically, what they want to do, what the Republicans are proposing, and I think this is pretty interesting, the greenies, the environmentalist wackos, as Rush used to call them, are all about eliminating coal. I mean, we heard G7. You know, Now, China and Russia over there laughing at us. But G7, all you know, they all made a pledge that they're going to get rid of coal. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, that, that's, those pledges usually mean that the United States liberals will be duped into doing it. None, nobody else will. But, and, and China will be laughing at us and India and all those other countries that burn coal hand over fist. But here in the state of North Carolina, the, the Republicans are working on a deal to switch from coal to natural gas, mm. which I think is an interesting end around because— the governor has refused to let that new pipeline go forward. Right now, we're dependent on the Transco pipeline, 
as our sole source of energy. And uh, we, we talked about this last week. It's insufficient for any future expansion of our energy needs, whether it be residential or industrial. And I mean, if we're going to grow as a state, we need this new MVP Southgate pipeline, which the governor has just dragged his feet on. Of course, and as you, you, you've said n- numerous times, well, if you uh, add Medicaid expansion to the pipeline, <laughs> we'll, we'll go ahead and pass it. Well, the environmental lobby in the Democrat Party is worth billions to any Democrat candidate. And that's that's what Roy Cooper's doing. Because Roy, yeah. Coop, Roy Cooper's smart enough to know that, well, really anywhere right now in the United States, you got a choice, coal or natural gas, period. Right. <laughs> it's just what percentage of each one, unless you want to go all nuclear, because there there is no other renewable oh, source oh, no, that's no, even oh, possible. Benny, 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 we've got wind power, we've got solar power. <laughs> oh, you have little faith, Every Benny. time somebody starts talking about that and they, they, uh, they virtue signal driving their, their Toyota Prius or their, oh, yeah. or their Tesla, I just say, yeah, hey, at least I'm burning something that's not, you know, coming out of the ground in the form, form of coal and tearing down the mountains. Because, I mean, you're you're driving a coal, coal-powered coal vehicle. That's true. Whether you know it or you're not. right. Because so, as cold as generating the electric, it's uh, when you charging stick your that, batteries. When you stick that thing in that socket, where do you think it's coming from? <laughs> I, this is very clever by the, by the Republicans up there. Um, and they've thrown it into the court of uh, Governor Cooper, ultimately— uh, they'll they'll pass this deal and it'll be well. But Cooper will will veto it. He'll veto it. Question I, is, will they have enough votes to override the veto? One one of my contacts in Raleigh has uh, just told me someone that I can reach out to and get us to give us the skinny on this. Well, so, you can get him to call in. I'll see what I can do. All right, there you go. The skinny on this. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a technical term. In other news, <laughs> Carolina Journal is reporting, and News and Observer picked up on this as well. Uh, North Carolina has overcollected more than $6 billion in state taxes when compared to May of 2020 economic forecast. In total, for the fiscal, fiscal 2021 ending June 30th, North Carolina has collected $7.3 billion more than the state has budgeted to spend. Uh, this is unheard of. In, in modern-day politics, for a government to spend less than they are taxing it, it is rather incredible. And this is a testimony to what can happen when you have Republicans and conservatives in charge of the purse strings. Pro-business, pro limited regulation, lower tax rates, increased tax revenue. We've, we've seen it too many times. Yeah. Um, isn't this interesting? Now, now, what did the naysayers say when Republicans wanted to come out? And, and they've done it over several times, and they're going to do it again now. The flat tax rate will now drop to 4.99% from, what, 525 somewhere about yeah, there. that's right. And um, w- when the Republicans started doing this a few years back, what did the Democrats say? Oh, you're, we're going to go uh, broke. You can't do this. This is good. This less revenue is irresponsible. There's no way we can continue to be productive. Guess what happens when you lower the tax rate? Productivity goes up. And right now, it, this is what's really unbelievably quick is the number of businesses and individuals, especially up north, who have said, 
the you-know-what with the government that I've been sitting under up in New York and elsewhere, I'm getting out of here. I'm yeah. getting out of Dodge. And <laughs> there are, a lot of them are landing here in North Carolina. Please don't bring your politics with you. <laughs> I haven't drilled down in these numbers, but I, I I did I was provided a report several weeks ago on some some details, maybe last quarter, and I can tell you what's happening. North Carolina during this time, North Carolinians were staying home like everyone right. was, and people were getting the heck out of cities like you're talking about and coming to North Carolina and spend. So we had a I think we had a a double dip of revenues with home based people and people getting out of these uh, blue cities where they don't respect the police they don't respect a rule of law and they do all this crazy stuff and they're running businesses there was a big article this uh yesterday about your old stomping ground of baltimore where, oh. the, where the businesses have just had enough oh, it's, it's, it's nuts it is absolutely nuts uh there's another story here in, in the pile uh down in atlanta there's a a, a part of atlanta uh, bucktown is that the name buckhead. Of it? buckhead buckhead it's a really nice area of atlanta and they want to secede from Atlanta. They want to say, we want our own city. And the reason why they're doing this down in Atlanta is because they are sick and tired of paying taxes for no services and no police protection. And, you know, the, the talking heads, Mayor Bottoms down there, how appropriate. Mayor Bottoms down there, like, well, you know, they, they try to brand this as racist, it has yeah. nothing to do with race. It has everything to do with people simply want to live in safety. And Mayor Bottoms was one of the first pro-defund the police. You know, when all that started under George Floyd, she was right there ready to blame the police. And you have had hundreds of police officers quit in Atlanta. And the folks down in Buckhead have just said, you know what, we're done. We're, we're going to start our own city it's going to go to a vote, but all the, all the, all the things have been set in motion to allow them to have their own own city, and 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 the mayor, Mayor Bottoms, comes out and says, "Well, this is not going to solve the cr- uh, crime problem. Uh, well, it won't solve well, the she crime." Damn, she damn. Excuse me. She <laughs> she sure is not going to solve the crime problem. Well, it, it's <laughs> not going to solve the crime problem in Atlanta, but it'll solve solve the crime problem in in Buckhead. Yeah. I used to travel that area quite a bit, and B- Buckhead, I'm extremely nice place. And the last time I went down there, I could see a change. I'm like, what? What is going on? Just, you can just tell there was gang, er, gangs in the area. Uh, just, just the way they acted, what they drove. You could tell it was drug type money, and shootings all the time. And people now, one of the nicest malls. In fact, it might have been one of the first large indoor malls. In America was the Lenox Mall down there. It's huge. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever been to it. I mean, it was a great place. Now, you don't dare go there. I mean, you go in the parking lot, there's murders in the parking lot. And this this area, uh, I think Buckhead has, um, they account for like 40% of the property tax base in all of Atlanta. And again, they're coming at, oh, oh this is racist. This is racist. This is This is white supremacy gone awry no it's individuals wanting to be safe wanting to be able to go to the store without getting shot and this believe it or not cnn covered this story and they cite a a number of examples a a guy went to home depot and here's here's shots outside he calls 911 sticks his head out the door and gets shot by a stray bullet 
Yeah, I think it was, it might have been Tucker Carlson or someone last night. I just said flipping channels and I hadn't seen the interview with the, um, one of the leaders of this, I think his last name's White, maybe. Um, uh, yes. He and he was talking about, uh, you know, the Bill alloc- White. Yeah, the allocation of police resources for the Atlanta area to Buckhead, and he said Buckhead area-wise is the square mile area of San Francisco, and San Francisco has over two thousand cops, and Buckhead has like ninety. <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, this is not going to uh, be good for Atlanta, but it's going to be good for Buckhead. All right, we have got a live update from uh, down on the docks at the Big Rock uh, tournament. Henry Hinton is on the line. Henry, you understand we have uh, the first big check to give away. All right, everybody, congratulations to Natural. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the Natural has just brought in a 500 and... Uh, 521, I think, 521-pound fish. Uh, that's the first fish over 500 pounds, so that is uh, the winner of the fabulous fish uh, purse, which is 828,750 pounds. I got uh, Curtis Strange here with me, Tom. Hey, and, Curtis. Uh, Curtis. When Curtis saw that fish come in, uh, he's done a lot more offshore fishing than I have. You uh, you told me you thought that one was going to be bigger than 500. Man. Okay, well, um, get to the dock now. There we go. That told you everything. There was a big fish, and more than likely it was going to go 500. Well, that's a big, big win. And, you know, the thing about it is uh, Tom Bennett just announced that this fish not only wins eight hundred twenty-eight thousand, but is now in first place and could five million dollars. Wow! Lot of years where. All right, we're having some audio problems, so we're gonna have to cut that short. But uh, big news from Big Rock. How about that? Five million plus eight hundred for the first fish over five hundred pounds. I just suspect there's gonna be some headaches tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, you think? You you heard that hooting and hollering in the background there? I guess they're happy. Unbelievable. Anyway, getting back to this this whole gas bill that uh, the Republicans are are, are putting forth, uh, this this would be a uh, a very strategic move to uh, to get the uh, get the gas line in, and uh, you know the other the other big news up in in uh, Raleigh is this uh, excess of. Uh, tax funds that have come in uh and again what a what a success story for republicans and you know you got to go back to uh, look i I, you know i I don't know who the next u.s senator is going to be but you got to go back and uh, acknowledge to pat mccrory who who got this thing started with the help of a state legislature uh in the senate and in the house uh, on the same side as the governor it's amazing what you can get done when you have the governor's mansion you have the house and you have the senate yeah, and you don't have a governor that's just cares about his future political career like Governor Cooper. I mean, yeah. he, he's going to do whatever the Democrat Party tells him to do on a national level. And when it comes to energy, they're going they're going to follow whatever the Environmental Resource Group and the other lobbyists tell them to do. And by the way, while uh, Governor Cooper uh, and Democrats saw the same numbers that Republican did did with the excess in there, uh, Cooper wants to spend it. He, oh, yeah. uh, you know, he said. Now, the Republicans want to give tax relief, 
And um, I'm fairly certain our Constitution does require that. We're not allowed to spend too much more than what we—I mean, we're not allowed to uh, hoard too much more than what we bring in. But uh, Democrats, you got to remember, it's in a Democrat's eyes, it's not your money; it's their money. Yeah, the, and they think that they're very kind to let you keep any of it. Yep, he'll uh, he's he's got some slush funds in mind, and some of them probably in Nash County. <laughs> <laughs> hey, stay with us. We're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. Not the Republican Party versus the Democrat Party. Talking about what matters. It's the Republican Party versus an organized crime syndicate. On Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Here's Tom Lamprecht with more news and views. Welcome back in. Interesting that we've got thunderstorms in the southern part of our uh, listening area. Uh, because 269 years ago, 1752, Ben Franklin flew a kite during a thunderstorm. To prove that lightning and electricity are the same thing. And Mrs. Franklin said, Ben, come in and out of the rain. What are you doing out there? <laughs> uh, it is um, going to be some uh, severe weather possibility, too, uh, especially in the southern part of our listening area. So basically, if you look at pretty much Kinston south down to Wilmington, uh, there's a good possibility that you're going to see some strong thunderstorms through about 7 o'clock tonight as uh, Hurricane Bill makes his way north. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, full-service dining, outdoor pool, tennis, and more. Our newly renovated 15,000-square-foot clubhouse is the perfect place to make new traditions with your family. For a limited time, join the club and pay zero initiation fees. Call 252-752-4653. Find out what makes Greenville's best golf course, Ironwood, two years in a row. Be a part of the best Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Again, that number, 252-752-4653. Seeing a lot of weddings taking place out in front of that uh, beautiful plantation-style clubhouse. It is a uh, pretty setting. WITN News is reporting that Beth Wood, the state auditor, her office has said that the former superintendent of the Nash Rocky Mount school system spent more than $45,000 in unallowed and questionable expenses. Dr. Dr. Shelton Jeffries resigned back in August of 2019 several months after a law firm hired by the school board investigated unauthorized purchases and improper use of district vehicles. Did he think, if I quit, they will quit investigating? <laughs> the audit said it uncovered several violations by the former superintendent. Jeffries improperly used his procurement card, which a credit card that they put and give, give to him. Uh, he abused it to the tune of 22000 Oops. Oh, I, I just went over a little bit violated the school system travel policy to the amount of $19,362. Where did you go to? Oh, I, I, need, to, I need to fly over to Japan. Uh, he used the school system's vehicle for personal use, amounting to $3,015. He made $1,268 in fuel purchases and rented a vehicle even though he received a travel allowance. You want to take a wild guess at which party he was a member of? <laughs> Well, it must be something about the Democrats and Rocky Mount because was it last year this time? Uh, was it a city council member 
that the state auditor's office found that um was it rocky mount or was it uh, princeville no i think it was rocky mount where uh um, the principals had their share of issues where they were they were writing off as utility bills of like 40 or fifty thousand yeah. dollars worth of utility bills so wow in response to the audit, the school system has asked Jeffries to pay back $45,690 within 60 days, or they will report it to the district attorney for review. Uh, so does that mean they're not going to charge the guy if he pays it back? Well, the state auditor has no criminal prosecution or any prosecution. Well, that's the school system that asked for the money back, though. Um so, but but, I, but, but they could, they all, could. The, all the state auditor to do is just pr- present evidence if the the district attorney chooses to take it up, or the well, you know, the state attorney general's not going to do anything. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because guess what party he's from? Yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, well, listen. In defense of Democrats, Beth Wood is a Democrat. Yeah. Kudos. Uh, I mean, she is a, a tiger. Yeah, I tell Beth that every every four years she makes voting harder for me because I can't vote a straight <laughs> ticket. I've known Beth for a long time. Beth, Beth is a super job. Well, you need to call her up and tell her to come over from the dark side. Now, she doesn't have to go Republican. She can go Independent or Libertarian. But I think she has announced she will not be running again. Is that right? I think I've heard that. Think. Uh, I hope we get uh, someone as uh, straightforward as she is to well, deal Ms. with these issues. Mr. Jeffrey should have took an advice that a wise businessman gave me years ago pigs get fat hogs get slaughtered there you go <laughs> sounds like he was a hog <laughs> the news and observers also reporting on um a civil rights group and liberal organizations they came out yesterday denouncing a group of bill of bills advancing through the state senate that would make changes to absentee voting as you can imagine and this is the news and observer reporting this so, you know, the ACLU, Democracy North Carolina, and other groups called on lawmakers to reject Senate bills 326, 724, 725 ahead of votes on the Senate floor, which has come as soon as this week. Um, now, these bills are all about election integrity, but as Democrats do, they've changed the narrative to make it sound like it's just racist disenfranchisement uh, <laughs> attached to all these bills. Uh, the, the bills are very simple. They don't disenfranchise anyone. They don't make it any harder to vote. And listen, voters out there, whether you're independent, whether you're libertarian, Republican, Democrat, you need to take some responsibility onto yourself, find out what the rules are, and follow the rules. It's that simple. And Democrats, it's, it's as if you think that everybody in your party doesn't have the ability to follow the rules. And maybe they don't. I don't know. SB 326 simply changes the deadline that an absentee ballot must be received and counted by 5 p.m. on Election Day. What is hard about that? (laughs) I mean, the whole idea behind an absentee ballot is, oh, I just remembered. We're going to be on that cruise during Election Day. We need to vote early on absentee ballot. You do it ahead of time. That's the whole purpose behind it. And quite frankly, we, we ought to make it harder to get an absentee ballot. I think it should only be for health reasons and, and military type I, issues. I, I'd, even, I'd even say that if you want to go down and cast an absentee ballot, uh, because you're—I'll I, I, I be, be a liberal in your eyes, Benny. I will say that, okay, I'm going to be out of town, or, or I should say out of state or out of the country. I'd even go that far. But you got to prove it. I mean, you got to show, show us some evidence that— Anyway, what's more important, your constitutional responsibility as a voter Thank or, you. or your vacation? I mean, really, I think if it's not health or if you're not in the military, 
I don't think you so should I'm get not going to argue with you. I'm not going <laughs> to argue. I'm 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 just I'm I'm maybe I'm sounding too liberal. My wife might hit me over the head with a <laughs> pain when I get home. Uh, SB 724 prescribes procedures to allow visually impaired voters to request an absentee ballot online. It also directs the State Board of Elections to establish an online voter registration platform for anyone who's eligible to register for, to vote. But again, I, look, if you're going to register to vote, you better prove that you're, uh, you, you're allowed to do that. Um, and it also, this is what they don't like. They like those first two parts. The liberals don't like the last part. It would set up a program to provide individuals with photo identification who need it. And now again, they're saying this is disenfranchisement. How in the world is this disenfranchisement? And again, as we talked to uh, Kim Blackwell yesterday, this because uh, you know what was the first thing they say? Oh, you're you're racist. In other words, uh, they're saying, and who are the racists? We stop and think about it. who are the racists. These people are saying blacks don't have the ability or the intelligence or the fortitude <laughs> to go out and get a photo ID if they don't already have one. Ninety-nine percent of them already have one. What kind of racist statement is that? It, it, it's entirely racist. It's the only racist thing about it that's uh, that involves this voting. But it's it's the talking points they have developed, and, and they give it to the media. I mean, the, yep. the mainstream media just reads it off yep. the same sheet of music, use the same words and phrases. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, it's amazing <laughs> they, to me. They don't even try to change the narrative. I mean, you can watch 15 broadcasts. Of, and they're all saying the same thing. And they're thing. saying the, I mean, not— Word for word, verbatim. Paraphrasing exactly, word verbatim. for word, verbatim. Yeah, you, you think— What's the chances of that? <laughs> You'd think somebody would earn a couple of extra bucks by going and rewriting it, you know, just changing it a little bit. Uh, the third measure, SB 725, would prohibit election officials at the state and county levels from accepting nonprofit grants or other private funds to conduct elections. Now, remember, big tech. Zuckbucks. Yeah. <laughs> Zuckerman um, put millions of dollars just in North Carolina and get out the vote measures directed to Democrats. It wasn't across the board. It was they were doing advertising that was directed to the people that they thought would vote in a liberal manner. Speaking of Zuckerberg, did you hear what? Um, did you hear what? Roger Waters. What Roger Waters? Yes, I did see that. <laughs> we can't use that word on the radio. No, we can't. Uh, if you're not familiar, uh, Roger Waters, boy, you're going to feel old. Um, he is now 77 years old. Wow. Almost close to your age. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a, little, a little further north than I am. Um, he was a uh, part of the Pink Floyd band back yep. in the uh, um, <clears throat> 60, no, I guess 70s. Yeah. And uh, he had, they did a song, Another Brick in the Wall. Yeah, they did that song in 1979. And I would imagine as much as I hear that, on on various advertising platforms and or whatever, they probably make a lot of money off that song. Well, apparently, Zuckerberg was it? Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg wanted to use that song in an ad for Instagram. And uh, Waters. Now, I, I'm not necessarily agreeing with everything that uh, that uh, Waters said. Uh, he is a pro-Julian Assange individual, and uh, he is ticked at Facebook because he feels like uh, they have not been fair to um, Julian Assange. Well, whether you agree with him 
a not. He's right. Um, Facebook and the other big tech. I mean, it's just censorship. Oh, it is censorship. It, yeah. And if, if all they are is a platform. And, and again, the, I mean, look at some of the stuff they do allow from Iran and from other communist countries. That they'll, they'll let them have their say. But Julian Assange, not so much. But uh, anyway, this guy. Roger Waters was offered a, apparently a large amount of money to use the song Another Brick in the Wall, part two, for an Instagram ad. And um, Waters said, um, Aunt you ain't no ain't way. And uh, he said, he added, I only mention that because this is an insidious movement of them to take over absolutely everything. I will not be a party to this bull ant. And uh, anyway, so they're not going to use the uh, ad. He, he also he, called. <laughs> I can't say what else he called. Him. Call, call him an idiot too, <laughs> and a few other things that. I like uh, to think Mr. Waters is very principled guy, but he's probably made a boatload off that song, and he's, <laughs> he's probably uh, he's probably just said, "Hey, I I don't need the money." <laughs> I, I was never. I, I I loved a lot of the music from the seventies. Pink Floyd wasn't one of my favorites, but yeah, it it got a lot of play, and he made a lot of money off that. Hey, we're going to take another time out and we get back. Uh, crazy Joe Biden is totally lost, and uh, I don't know what he's trying to say. We'll, we'll try to decode it when we get back. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, uh, we are back, and uh, Joe Biden is still over there at the G7, the EU-US summit, and uh, he's going to meet with uh, Putin tomorrow, I guess it is. Mm. Uh, I'd like to be a fly on the wall. She uh, was... It's it's uh, it's embarrassing. It's scary, and uh, so anyway, they were at the EU U.S. summit yesterday. Joe Biden. Now we mentioned yesterday when he was at the G7, uh, Boris Johnson was introducing everybody at the table, and he goes <laughs> around the table and he introduces the president of South Africa, and right at right after he introduces the president of South Africa, Joe. Biden, uh, uh, you missed you missed the president of South Africa, and everybody just is sort of looking at him and laughing. I mean, you know, it's not we're not laughing with you; we're laughing at you, Mr. President. And Johnson says, "Well, I just introduced him, Mr. President." <laughs> I bet Boris Johnson wishes he had a shot collar whenever Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever Joe got a line, I, I bet Joe Biden's aides yeah. wish they had a shot collar on. The but guy. you know, not that I can talk about someone's hairstyle, but how about Boris Johnson's hair? <laughs> well, he I makes mean, he makes Donald Trump look good with, with a hair issue. But, <laughs> I mean, it looks like a daggone punk rock band from Liverpool or something. He's not all there, <laughs> <laughs> Joe or Boris. Uh, so it, this is Joe. This is cut one, guys. This is Joe. From yesterday at the EU-US summit. And uh, I've said before, and I apologize for you. Oh, I didn't feel sorry you were taking my message through, right? I mean, there's not a lot of people here. I apologize. I'm going to get in trouble. But anyway, we'll get back to that. But um, uh, we, um, 
you know, there's a lot that uh, that is it, 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 it's happening. I used to- Good grief. Now, I, you having a good time, Joe? <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> Look, keep up, Joe. Uh, Pay attention. If you didn't hear all, he, he said, and I quote, and uh, 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 I've said before, and uh, uh, I apologize for the, uh, oh, I didn't know Jake Sullivan from the State Department was here or whatever. Uh, I'm leaving a lot of people out. Oh, I apologize. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble. But anyway. We'll get back to that, but um, yeah, um, then the other, and you know, uh, I'm he sorry. really he really sounds like somebody that's <clears throat> lost it. No, it's like you know, happy what hour starts about? at five, and it's about six thirty. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I'm I'm sorry to be ugly, and I feel sorry for senile people, but Joe needs to go back to the home. And listen, I'm. And the guy got 81 million votes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, what, yeah. What's really sad, though, is, you know, his wife, Jill Biden, excuse me, Dr. Jill yes, Biden. Right, doctor. Um, Just like Dr. Zeus. That she would let him go through with this, yeah. let the Democrat Party go through with this, no. because, you know, if he's publicly like this, what in the heck is he like at home? No. Oh, she knows perfectly well yeah. how bad he is. Yeah. She knows perfectly well how bad he is. And this whole business about what he was playing with his dog in the bathroom and slipped down and twisted his ankle or something i don't know uh i ain't buying that so then there was a press conference and a reporter gets up and asks joe this is cut two guys ask joe if he thinks that putin is guilty of killing um individuals doing assassination is, he, is called it, him, he called him a killer during yeah, the, is he yeah he did the campaign yeah, yeah. Uh, joe called him a killer in the campaign and he asks th- this reporter asks about that killer comment what do you say to vladimir putin <laughs> answer the first question <laughs> i'm laughing too they actually i well look i mean he has made clear that uh uh I didn't edit this, by the way. The answer is, I believe he has in the past essentially acknowledged that he was, uh, there are certain things that he would do or did do. But look, um, when I was asked that question on air, I answered it honestly. But it's not much of a, I, I, I don't think it matters a whole lot in terms of this next meeting we're about to have. The second question was, Relay. I'd verify first and then trust. If Donald Trump were to give an answer oh like goodness. that, he would be crucified by the media. I mean, he can give a good answer, and they're still going to do yeah, it. Yeah, and the news media would would edit would I mean purely edit his comments and have them on the national you know, right. mainstream media broadcast, and they just. They just shuffle this under the rug. Don't talk about it. Nope. But you know, that's the the international press is not going to be but so easy on them. Oh. They, they were pretty easy on Obama just because they were starstruck, just because how much a yeah. big deal everybody made about him. Somebody that you know just never done anything. But now, anyway, now, I, now this next clip, they're not going to give uh, him a break. Uh, let's just compare the two. So Putin and Biden are going to get together for the summit. <laughs> 
This is this is uh, this is jump up to cut four guys. This is Russian President Putin, who was interviewed back on June the 11th by NBC. Putin was asked if his government assassinated political dissidents. Here's his answer. Of course not. We don't have this kind of habit of assassinating anybody. That's one. Number two is I want to ask you: Did you order the assassination of uh, the woman? who walked into the Congress and who was shot and killed by a policeman. Do you know that 450 individuals were arrested after entering the Congress? And they didn't go there to steal a laptop. They came with political demands. 450 people have been detained. They're facing, they're looking, they're, they're looking at jail time between 15 and 25 years. And they came to the Congress with political demands. Isn't that prosecution for political opinions? Now, I play those two clips because they were basically both President Biden and Putin, President Putin of Russia, were essentially asked the same type of question. You know, okay, one was to Biden, you called him a killer. Uh, The other was to Putin is, are you a killer? He said he didn't make habit of it. I mean, <laughs> well, well Putin, Putin comes out and completely changes the narrative, immediately oh, jumps yeah. on it, and it, it points the finger back to the United States, points the finger to what happened to um, this young, young woman, and we still don't know who the, the officer was that shot her, shot and killed her. Can you imagine if he had shot and killed a member of Black Lives Matter? Oh, goodness. Yeah. We, we, the, the guy would already be in prison. <clears throat> But I, I compare the two answers. The one is a drooling uh, <laughs> idiot, and the other, I'm not, I'm not defending Putin, and I'm not saying he's innocent. But President Putin is going to have President Biden for lunch. Oh yeah, this is. I mean, Putin's a guy that former KGB um, officer. He vacations in the Ural Mountains riding a horse shirtless. Yeah. And, you know, Joe's shuffling across the room, you know, (laughs) drinking his buttermilk and going to bed and hoping that he wakes up the next morning. The question is, will (laughs) he fall asleep in the middle of the uh, Putin summit? And hopefully he won't be there talking about some young girl in the crowd who's 12 years old with her legs crossed. He says, doesn't he, she look like she's 21 or 19 or whatever he said. That previous cut of Biden, he didn't say one single substantive word. Not one. <laughs> not really. Not one substantive word. <laughs> not that I heard. <laughs> Stay with us. We'll be right back. Father not only knows best. You don't need the umbrella. Come on. Let's go. He knows all. Turn that thing off. I know where I'm going. Don't worry, Dad. We won't tell. They weren't doing this at the Wuhan. I told you it was China. Didn't I tell you it was China? From one know-it-all to another. Dad. Dad. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Happy Father's Day. From news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. I know the solution. Go ask your mother. Boy, that, uh... That uh, that little clip, that that bumper Clark put together, that that, that takes me back. <laughs> dad, dad, <laughs> dad. That um, 
for some reason that clip just rem- reminded me of do you remember the norman rockwell painting of the father sliding down in his recliner reading his paper on sunday morning and the wife and kids behind him going to church and she had this look on his face <laughs> that just reminded me of that of that father you know <laughs> oh boy <laughs> Did I hear that? Dad, that's not fair. I say, yeah, I've heard no, that a few times. It's not fair. Life's not fair. This is not a democracy. You do not have a vote. This is a <laughs> dictatorship. Anyway, remember dear old dad coming up this Sunday. Just a little fair warning. Uh, Terry McAuliffe, the uh, guy who's running for governor of Virginia again, um, apparently doesn't think much of critical race theory criticism. In fact, he's come out and said it's a right-wing conspiracy involving Donald Trump and the GOP nominee for governor, Glenn Youngkin. The, uh, anyway, Youngkin comes out and says, well, I think we're, uh, we're digging into his lead, and uh, he feels it. He knows it. But uh, for Terry McAuliffe to come out, now he comes out and says, well, we just, you know, that, the issue is we need to raise teachers' pay. That's the issue. And we need and some of these some of these schools we have are 50 years old. We need to replace them with new schools. That's the issue that Virginians are, are carrying. About. Uh, Terry McAuliffe, he's the old Clinton staffer. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so he just sings. He sings off to oh, the Democrat their party. Play sheet. Yep. Big time. Uh, interesting, though, talking about education. Of course, this is all happening up in Loudoun County, which is right out of D.C., A 15-year-old girl spoke out against a Virginia school board's plan to allow students to use restrooms and locker rooms that correspond with their chosen gender identity. uh, Jolene Grover, eighth grader, attended Loudoun County Public Schools. She went to the board meeting last week, opposed the policy that would allow, for example, biological males who identify as females to use the girls' restrooms and locker rooms. Grover wore a T-shirt that read, Women is Female. The new proposed policy builds on a previous policy known as 1040. She said, and I quote, Two years ago, I was told policy 1040 was just an umbrella philosophy, and you weren't going to allow boys into girls' locker rooms, but here you're doing just that, she said. Everyone knows what a boy is, even you. Your proposed policies are dangerous and rooted in sexism. When woke kids ask me if I was a lesbian or a trans boy because I cut my hair short, it should tell you these modern identities are superficial. She went on to say, boys are reading erotica in classrooms next to girls, and you want to give them access to girls' locker rooms, and you want to force girls to call those boys she. You will do this in the name of inclusivity while ignoring the girls who will pay the price. Your policies choose boys' wants over girls' needs. Boy, that is the little kid that says the emperor has no clothes. She's a 15-year-old, right? Uh, 14. 14. Smart 14-year-old, yeah. Smart kid. And she looks at him and says, everybody knows what a girl is. Everybody what knows what a boy is, including you, pointing to the board. Unbelievable. Hey, thanks for being with us. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5. See you.